Yo, happy 420, everyone. Today we're talking to Hudson Hemp. Enjoy it. Let's talk dirty. Yes, hi. My name is Freya Dobson, and I am a co-founder of Hudson Hemp and Treaty. Uh, I don't know if you, do you want me to tell yeah. the audience what Hudson Hemp and Treaty are? Yeah, please. Okay. Okay. Uh, so Hudson Hemp is the parent company of Treaty, and we are based on a farm in Hudson, New York at Old Mud Creek Farm. Um, Old Mud Creek Farm was uh, grant was granted one of the first hemp permits in 2017 uh, for the industrial pilot program. And um, we grow hemp in rotation with heritage grains. And we have a research program or soil lab, I should say, at the farm called Hudson Carbon, where we are been monitoring the soil uh, over the past 10 years because Old Mud Creek Farm was purchased from Syngenta and um, was grown uh, with chemicals and monocrop for many years before our owner, Abby, purchased the farm. So it's been under a 10-year study uh, through Hudson Carbon, measuring the carbon, methane, and nitrous gas fluctuations. So that is all to bring us back to Hudson Hemp, uh, where we, so we, we grow um, about 30 acres of organic hemp, and we have a processing facility on our farm where we extract, and then we have a clean room and lab where we uh, formulate products and wholesale those products. And then um, we have a white labeling program and Treaty. That brings us to Treaty because Treaty is our in-house line of CBD tinctures. Each one is formulated with supporting botanicals in our bioregion for a targeted effect in the body. So sorry, I just rambled. Um, There's a lot of names. That was great. I was just trying to give a broad broad introduction of who we are and what we do. Um, So basically farm, carbon, soil lab, and then treaty, the line of CBD tinctures. So, so let me ask you this. So you have tincture, uh, you have treaty, which is includes the CBD, but also kind of regionally specific botanicals. Um, But now do are you also selling the flour to for other for people who want to process their own tinctures so we if we sell the flour we're usually selling it for uh smokable flour outside of the state of new york because you can't mm. currently sell smokable flour hemp flour legally in the state of new york mm. um so yeah the the usually when we when i was saying wholesale or white labeling we're using our um distillate sometimes isolate, uh, mainly we work with full spectrum uh, distillate to manufacture other brands products. Um, Mm. And sometimes we send those formulations back to them where they label or they bottle and label and ship out, or we do the whole process where um, we're making the formula, bottling the formula, labeling, shipping it, like the whole, the whole. But then the way that you're able to distinguish yourself and not sort of just 
become like everything else that you're selling in the market is by kind of crafting those really custom botanical blends, right? Because if, if anybody else can have the same quality with a different label, then where, where yeah. does the difference come in? Right. Um, well, yeah. So a lot, you know, with our formulations, mainly people choose us to be their partner in that because um, they really appreciate our story and the quality of the product um, and the full traceability that everything from seed to bottle is happening on the farm and that we are a certified organic farm. So usually it is, um, you know, it has to do with wanting a really quality product rather than like something that you would just purchase from a lab mm. where they don't have no idea what farm it came from. Um, yeah, so it's all all a matter of, of quality. Mm. And then In for that, you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. And then for you guys with the botanicals, is that is that kind of like, I mean, I understand the quality of the uh, the CBD of the extract is, is yeah. you know, people go to you for that. But then it's like the fact that you're creating this other product with with other plants. Is that sort of how you're distinguishing yourself? Like just in the extract market? Oh, oh in the market. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, because it's it's become such a saturated market. And um we absolutely did, you know, extensive research on our formulations before we launched and we launched in 2019 and, you know, between 2019 and, and 2020, it was like insane what happened in the industry. Um, and so, yeah, we really, I feel like we stand out in that we've, we're not just making like CBD tinctures. These are like potent plant formulas. Um, and all of which, you know, went through a lot of testing and um, a long R&D period and were verified by uh, ICCI, which is the International Cannabinoid Institute located in, in Prague. And um, they, they verified our formulas and sort of showed, showed how they were interacting with the endocrine cannabinoid system in different ways so that's why we have have targeted effects in each formula oh wow are there any plants yeah. that you want to uh shout out rockstar plants oh yeah yeah so we have four formulas focus recover calm and balance and um yeah i mean i could speak to each of them but i i know that might be a lot so i will just you know reach to focus which is on my desk which i pretty much use all all day um and i really love this formula this is our forest formula so each of our formulas is was meant to emulate a landscape so to transport the user to a, a place um through the taste and smell and experience of tasting the product um and yeah, so fo focus forest formula, and it has ginseng, white pine, spearmint, nettle. So it's a really, um, it's a really like er earthy, but also um, grounded, like nourishing flavor. Um, and the ginseng is a really special component um, that we sourced from that Appalachian Mountains, um, and we'll soon be sourcing from the Catskills.
So yeah, definitely love highlighting the ginseng component. And then I'll just quickly mention recover because I think if you are um, native to uh, the Northeast or even other parts of the country, but you'd be able to identify a lot of these uh, invasive or native species we used in it, which are yarrow, mullein, uh, goldenrod, burdock root. And I grew up in the Berkshires in Western Massachusetts. So, you know, yarrow and goldenrod and mullein were everywhere. And I, I can sort of like think of the moments of the seasons that they pop up. So I think it's a really special and reminiscent formula. That's amazing. And that yarrow, and I mean, that's growing on your farm, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So some of it we are able to harvest and extract and use from what's growing on our farm. And we're hoping to ex expand that uh, this season and in the coming seasons so that we can almost grow every component of the treaty formulas on our farm. Um, but you know, that's, that's a lot of diversification. So it, it takes time to, to build in those plans. Uh, Cause we are on a quite a large farm too. We have, we have 2,700 acres, which I don't think I mentioned, but it, it's a large scale organic farm, which is rare for the Northeast. <laughs> Got you. Yeah, no, that's um, super exciting. And uh, it would be great to see maybe this trend take off of, of growers, um, diversifying their crops and you know planting things like yarrow that are also building pollinator habitat have you have you noticed oh, yeah. a lot of pollinators um since you've yeah. all been planting yeah absolutely we um we actually have this uh area on our farm which i think is probably one of the most special spots uh and for anyone listening who who lives close or or somewhat close to hudson new york i hope you come visit us, especially in the summer months. Um, but it's weak. it is a pollinator pavilion. So it was built by an architecture firm called Harrison Atelier. Uh, and they, the whole idea around the pollinator pavilion is that it attracts solitary bees, which are uh, the most understudied bee because they burrow and live underground as opposed to in hives with other bees. But they're a huge pollinator uh, you know, in, in, in the kingdom of pollinators and um, yet there there's not a lot of research on them. So this pavilion, which a human can also interact with, um, is meant to emulate what the their sort of hive dens look like and attract them. And so the botanicals we have planted around it are meant to also attract them. And, it, and it, it's um, not just obviously solitary bees, but all the pollinators. So, you know, the summer is a really lively, beautiful month, months um, for, for seeing that and interacting with it. Um, and it's really special that we have this, this place on the farm to do so and to, to honor and attract it. That's amazing. I love it. Yeah, it's it's a it looks very extraterrestrial. Like it could be on another planet. <laughs> I love it. I mean it has it's uh it's actually modeled after the compound eye of a solitary bee. So if you like zoomed in, that is what this space yeah, it's it's very cool. It's it's unique. Love it. That's super inspiring. Um and I think just yeah. like you raising people's awareness around pollinators is a uh, important work so that's that's dope 
Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I'd love to hear a little bit more about your story. Like, how did you get involved with cannabis or it just plants in general? And like, yeah, what was your journey towards that? Sure. Yeah. Well, I, uh, like I mentioned, I, I grew up in Western Massachusetts in an area called the Berkshires, which was a, um, you know, very um, mountainous and farmland. Um, and my dad, who uh, went to UC Santa Cruz to study with Alan Chadwick in the Farm and Garden Project, um, since he was really a young boy, knew he wanted to be an organic farmer without when he was a young boy knowing what that even meant. And that came about really at UC Santa Cruz in his late teens. But um, he moved back east. He was from New Jersey and his family had a plot of land near the near the Berkshires in a town called Hillsdale. And he, he came back and, and started homestead, homesteading and, and farming with his then wife, Anne. And they, they start, started really a market vegetable farm called Earthborn. And um, at that point, there was not really a, a farm to table movement happening, uh, you know, at least in towns upstate, um, maybe a little bit in New York, but not really, it had not taken taken off and so he he really I'd say was a was a pioneer in that in the northeast um at least and uh he he really took that that um movement and and brought it to New York City he sold to a lot of chefs in Manhattan and um after him and his wife Anne divorced he moved more into Berkshire County and, and really started focusing on salad greens and specialty salad greens, like microgreens and mescaline mixes. Um, and that is what he did for the next, you know, 30 years up until recently. And now he, he grows cannabis outdoors and organically for a dispensary called Theory in the Berkshires. So, so I grew, that's all to say that I grew up with it embedded in me without even you know, I didn't even live on the farm, but it was so part of my life and upbringing um, in such subtle ways that I, I didn't even know until I grew up. But um, obviously, or most, you know, pretty commonly as a kid, I wanted nothing to do with that world. When I grew up, I wanted to move to LA or New York. I didn't want to be an actress. Like I didn't have any interest. My dad will famously say as a kid, if we were ever going to the farm, I would sort of say, we're not going to the farm, are we? Because I just like was not, <laughs> I just did not, I didn't, I didn't get it, but I did get it. I just didn't even realize what I was getting. And um, <laughs> it wasn't until I think I was a teenager when this idea, when farming really became cool, like it was cool to become a farmer. You know, you had mm -hmm. like big publications talking about organic and sustainable um, that I, you know, really pieced it together and I pieced together what it, what it meant to do that work and what it had, how it benefited my, my life. But um, I ended up going to school in New York and I was studying acting and, and sort of the arts I'd say. And I was deeply unhappy and I didn't see a future there. And at the time, my sister Melanie had moved to Northern California and um, st started working in the cannabis industry sort of on accident. That was not her intention, but she, that is where she ended up. And um, 
she was she loved it she she I mean it was um a kind of not a consistent lifestyle because you're not everything you're doing is always <laughs> kosher but um she really loved working with the plant and being in this you know the majestic majestic uh north northern california scape and um she invited me out and i um i dropped out of school and i moved out there and i started working with her and that was like that was the beginning of working in with cannabis and the beginning of working really in farming and i didn't really know the the path it was going to lead me on but uh it ended up leading us back back home because our brother Ben has managed Old Mud Creek Farm where Hudson Hemp and Treaty are based since uh, since 2013 and they started growing hemp in 2017 and that's when Melly and I were in Northern California and he called us and uh, and said you know I know things are not steady in in California at that point, uh, recreational or medicinal was going to recreational and it was destroying the, the black mm -hmm. illicit market. And uh, mm -hmm. so it was, uh, you know, it was not, there was a lot of tension and friction in the industry and it wasn't exactly nice being out there and working in it all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and it didn't feel like it was for the long term. So we came back home and we started um, Hudson Hemp and then Treaty with him. Um, and that leads us to where we are today. This is, I guess, about three years later. Wow. Amazing, amazing journey. Um, we are going to be launching um, a pre-roll line soon. Mm. And I'm really excited for that because I think, you know, it's a really, it's a, it's a need in the industry, like high quality flower mm. and um i i'm excited like to have almost this like dichotomy in the same line of treaty because like because the tinctures are so really like health and wellness and focused and not that smoking is not that but it's more of like the rebel of treaty and <laughs> I, it's been really fun designing and uh, the, the, the brand for it, because it's kind of like an offshoot of Treaty and the packaging. And we're going to be working with hemp paper um, for the boxes. So just there's things that I'm really um, excited for in that front. And I, I, I think I really like the side of, of uh, creating products that is in the branding and packaging solutions. And um, yeah, I, I'm really drawn to the aesthetic and and the beauty in life. So I think that is the most fun for me. Um, so yeah, we have that on the docket and then we have uh, a sleep formula on, on route as well. So, um, and then there's something else that I feel like I'm not supposed to mention yet. So maybe I won't, but there's, that. there's some fun, <laughs> um, fun happening. And then I, I would say in the industry, I'm really like looking forward to when there's some standardization and less of this, like the ever changing <laughs> regulation around it. And, um, you know, I really, I, I look forward to a time where it feels more steady because it's been really turbulent, uh, especially through COVID. Mm. And um, I'm just happy to say we've survived because it was, it's pretty 
yeah, it's just crazy industry to be part of. Um, but um, yeah, so that's a, I'm looking forward to that. And I'm also looking forward to a time where we can reach out of uh, medicinal hemp and, and focus in on, you know, fiber hemp, because there's a lot of solutions that are hemp based. Um, and, you know, it's, it's literally growing in, in the soil. And I would love to be able to access that and, and have, you know, things set up in the Northeast to be able to process that. Um, so just like streamlining that, that those processes and, or even cre just creating them would be great. Um, mm. so, yes. so could there be, um, so basically the stalks of the hemp plant can be used for fibers and textiles, is that right? Yeah, exactly. But it's a different uh, species of the plant. So it's mm. it, it grows way more leaner and taller, whereas mm -hmm. medicinal hemp really looks like THC cannabis, mm -hmm. um, like bushier, wider, like it's uh, you know focusing on the flower where the fiber hemp is focusing on the stalk. Mm -hmm. And um, it, the other issue is that fiber is male and medicinal hemp is female. So if they cross, you know, if it cross pollinates, you're, you're screwed. So it's, mm -hmm. um, it's tricky. You'd need to like map out areas because if you, you know, if we grew it on it our probably farm, had to be like 50 be, miles away, honestly, to be yeah. super safe. Yeah, yeah exactly. Got um, you. So, so maybe fashion, but maybe there could be some kind of fashion product or something in the horizon or a partnership. For that. sure. Absolutely. I mean, the cool thing is even with medicinal hemp, you can use the stock like for mm. animal bedding or um, like it, it really is good if you like for as wood chipping. So, mm. you know, you can do a lot with that, but, and there probably is a way to decorticate it. But the issue is that the, you know, there is no decortication for it because decortication machines are set up for like long stocky hemp, not for like shorter hemp. So um, mm -hmm. I, yeah, yeah. We're also really inspired by the root and, and root medicine. Um, I think that's mm -hmm. like an untapped territory in the mm -hmm. hemp, hemp and cannabis world and in ancient, Chinese medicine they would use the roots a lot so I'm I'm really you know inspired by tapping into that and um working on e extracting those and, and playing around with them what do you think about pasture I'm, I'm looking at doing a hemp project with somebody um who also has raises cattle and oh, somebody was yeah. telling me that we like at a, there was a time when when we were growing hemp all over this country and that like the cows were eating it and we can actually, we, we, at one point we were getting that CBD through the meat we were eating. I don't, I haven't verified this, Whoa! but yeah. Um, I've actually, I mean, you know. I've never heard that, but that is really inspiring to me because we have cows on our farm mm. and we often call it like the three C's cause it's, we like are sequestering carbon we're going cannabis, I mean, mm -hmm. hemp, but cannabis, and then there's cows. So it's like carbon cows and, and uh, like carbon cows and cannabis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was doing some research about using um, wildflower uh, mixes in the pasture 
And so yeah. and basically like it can be a form of preventative medicine for the cows, like just like how we, you know, taking up yarrow helps us. It's the same thing for them. Um, yeah. They can eat echinacea, they can eat yarrow, uh, lupine. I mean, so yeah, you can absolutely. basically create pollinator habitat while also um, providing some serious like health benefits to your cattle. Um, I'm sure that the That's USDA, so and I'm sure there's going to be some like hurdles around it, but I'm, I'm really interested in that. Me too. Yeah, I mean, cows play a big role in our system at the farm. Um, and I really love that idea of, of the, the pollinators, the cows, the wildflowers, like all working in this symbiosis. And, and they're, they're fertilizing, like, and I think that's the big thing oh, for yeah. who, you know, criticize systems with um, animal husbandry involved. But like at the end of the day, where are those nutrients coming from? You know, and it's like, if you don't have that sure. from an animal, okay, so you're extracting them from somewhere, um, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you have to. So it's like, why, why wouldn't you want to have them just like already part of your system? Um, something else I've been getting into with the marijuana plants that we're growing at home in Cali is um, juicing, juicing the leaves. Yeah. Have you done, have you done much of that? Sure. I do. I do it all throughout the summertime. And mm. then um, we host these farm tours every, mm -hmm. like three times or four times this summer into fall. And I juice I juice leaves. I usually, cause they're really strong and there's not a lot of juice in them. Mm -hmm. Um, I mix it with like cucumber and apple or whatever, yeah. whatever's around in, in yeah. somewhat season, but I like making like green juices with them. And, um, I, do you, do you get like a boost I from feel, it? Because I feel like I tried to tell people I felt wavy. Like I, I, I don't right? know. It felt it's different. Amazing. Yeah, it really, it really does. Cause you, for me, I felt alert, but also like kind of chill too, like at the same time. Totally, it both. It's the best of, of both worlds. And it definitely made me feel like, oh, just smoking weed is like that's like one small part of this plant. Like, there's so much more to experience Absolutely. with this plant, you know. I know. I yeah, I think of that often. And it's, yeah, smoking is just like usually the introduction to that. <laughs> totally. To the rest of the world. Yeah. It's true. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Is there anything you want to talk about before we uh, close the interview? Anything else you want to get out to the audience? Oh, um, well, I'd love to give your audience a discount code. Oh, okay. Um, how do we do that? Do well, um, we could just make it talk dirty. Okay. And it'll be for, yeah, because okay. that's easy, right? Cool. Um, so anybody listening, the discount code is talk dirty. Yeah, and it's ourtreaty.com. Ourtreaty.com. Yeah, there's probably a lot more I could talk about, but this story it goes into so you know there's so many different sects of it so mm. if people want to learn more they should come visit <laughs> oh cool so and, yeah, this summer can, they can visit or what yeah even through this all the covid all the covid chaos um we were able 
to host people at the farm because we have so much space. And um, I think we did like four farm tours and events. Or, yes, somewhere in that range. But they're really fun. And it's a it's a special it's a special place, especially to just come and hang out at for the day. So you can find out more at HudsonHemp.com. Awesome. Hudson Hemp. I feel so like Addy, when I say, <laughs> like, see, like like, this? <laughs> see, when you say that and we keep that in there, then it makes it, it's okay. Okay, it's cool. She knows it sounds okay. Addy. You have to, man. It's a business. It's not meant to sound Addy. Just if you're interested, you know, <laughs> that's how you find us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I got you. Yeah.